0: and an indó Time
1: Táim imíchttaí dhéhsachcht ar end of
0: chacht
2: a máchan seo gur féidir é chor iúigh fis turmi
3: ara igornamion an che sinna eá. a ginn ná grh
2: ááchttum fracht séthrin grn find us on all the usual podcast platforms.
3: Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called butt of a gun and put into the back of your skull—that's a moment where you go, okay. Yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important
2: part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, It's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Tech Podcast in association with Vodafone Business. Introducing Vodafone SD-WAN, an intelligent network for business that supports a truly digital workplace. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunny Independent. And this week we're talking about 5G. I should say thanks to Vodafone for sponsoring this podcast uh, this week. We're going to take a critical look at, at 5G, its strengths and weaknesses, and I'm joined by couple of people who know a lot more than i do on the phone we've bobby healy founder of mana aero which you will all have been reading about uh, recently con kennedy is the chief technical officer of ericsson ireland and niall campion is the co-founder of vr ai which specializes in virtual reality training and vr content con um i've kind of been slightly obsessed with 5g for a number of reasons i'm just wondering and just take a step back here, whether we're all making a little bit too much about 5G. Because the 5G that we're getting looks a little bit like in, t- in terms of speeds, it looks a little bit like 4G plus. I mean, I on a 4G connection, a good 4G connection, I can get 60, 70 megabits per second. On the 5G phone that I have, it's more like 120. Sure. Sure. What do you think? Hi, Adrian. Thanks for having me. No worries. Um, yeah, I guess
0: it's it's a it's a broader point there, really, that it's 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 not really about speed anymore. <laughs> it's a, so, what it's is a it about? Like, thing. why why are we interested in five G? Yeah, so five G is is a much broader kind of piece than just the the network speed, right? right? So, it's going to be a, an ecosystem. We call it if you like a five G ecosystem piece, where we're going to need the players. With the device users, etc., at one end, and the sort of the cloud applications at the other end, and a very strong connection in between those from the network providers. Yeah, and all of those have to come together to to kind of make a broader system of doing things differently and connecting differently. That type of thing.
2: I mean, do we have any idea yet, though, what the, you know what people are actually going to use, f- you know, five G for? I, I have a sense personally. Mm-hmm. That when Apple launches the iPhone in September, sure. th- which is the missing link, I think that they're going to link it to, to AR, to augmented reality, yes, and I yes. think there and I think that will be the first thing that people will connect to 5G in a positive way because it's got a lot of negative publicity. And we we might come to that, but but you know I've asked operators, for example, well what can you give me with 5g that you can't give me with a good f- a 4g signal here particularly seeing as we're not going to use millim- millimeter wave in mm, ireland yes at the moment so what do you think um
0: yeah it's a, it's 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 not it's not going to be an immediate delivery mm. you like for the for the average guy but i think um, one thing that people don't seem to understand so well is that higher speeds uh, peak speeds that we often talk about are the, the press grab etc um what 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 also happens is that if you if the network can deal with people faster and what they're doing, then everybody's experience can raise. Okay? Mm. Because the network basically can bring you on the network and off the network faster. Mm. Okay. So everybody's experience raises up. And the average user doesn't necessarily see this because they just adopt the apps and the network operators are monitoring the network and they say, you know, we we have to keep up a certain level of experience. And how are we going to do that? And 5G is very efficient at doing that, and has efficiencies built into that. So that as the the network usage is rising and rising and rising from different apps and phones and vendors coming on, et cetera, and people's expectations of constantly being connected and having um, multiple apps running at the same time and multiple um, usages, if you like, running at the same Mm time, then. The network is getting low, more and more loaded, and the the, the uh, operators have to have an efficient way of managing so that. Basically, capacity and
2: network management. Exactly, and performance.
0: Right. Performance is key.
2: Right. Let uh-huh. me just bring in Bobby Healy there from uh, Manor Era. Bobby, and we've spoken before. Uh, I think half of Ireland is following your journey because you you've a really interesting company. You're uh, you're known as the guy who's launching drones that's going that are going to deliver our fast food to us in 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 a couple of years um would 5g be of any use in any capacity to to what you're doing
3: yeah well i mean so so one of the big questions that people ask you know us is how do you manage all your drones in the air how Mm. do you detect each other you know all these different problems and and what about data use and bandwidth and all that stuff you know drones and certainly for our use of drones there's not a big data requirement but there is a big connectivity requirement Mm. so you know our drones are autonomous. they they need to know about where each other is. Mm. They need to know the heading, the speed, all that stuff. And usually with aviation, you do that with you know ground to air radar. you do it with a cars, you do it with really, really low technology, low latency, I say high latency, low bandwidth type of technology, but it's reliable and safe. And, but that only works in very, very small volume, like your typical commercial aircraft flying into Dublin airport, whatever. Mm. With drones, when we roll out fully, you know, there'll be thousands of drones in the air. And how do you coordinate those with each other such that, Every drone and every drone company knows about everyone else's drones. And so one of the, right now, each of our aircraft has one radio link, encrypted radio link, and two cellular cards from two different operators so that we can push to the cloud all of our telemet- telemetrics data. So it's not a lot of data, but it means that our aircraft know about each other and they can publish where they are. So it's a starting point for air traffic control for lots of little robots in the skies. Then, if you forward wind a bit to, you know, other cases, use cases of drones, there's going to be two important critical needs of of the drones. One is reliability, and and I can't overstress reliability enough. The reason being, if, if a drone loses its connectivity, then it's lost, and there's no way to safely know where that drone is. It's just like if an aircraft lost its transponder, there's no way to know what's going on. So, so, so the reliability and availability of a connection is critical to aviation. And that's mm-hmm. where 5G may or may not be helpful because if you think about current networks they tend to be really really great when they're working but in that one tenth of a percent of the time when they're not available it's just untenable for using that link with an aircraft you just couldn't rely on it Mm. so you use radio if 5g can solve the reliability problem then they have a use case in the air and but i'm not sure that they can you know because the, the the problem is you know, when you have one network with one network operator, it's a commercial operation. It has to be profitable and therefore there's going to have to be compromises. Mm. And my concern around 5G is it's going to address the 90 percentile, not the, you know, 99.99 well, you're percentile. right, it
2: will. I mean, there's I don't think there's any yeah. dispute about that. And that's that's comes down to economics and commercial factors. Exactly. But st- sticking with that point, I mean, if you take uh, the argument you're making there and if you were to say, to, to try and construct a business model uh, for 5G, I mean, could you guys, for example, we talk about the Internet of Things, could you guys somehow use extra sensors on your aircraft? Is there, are there licensing opportunities out there? In an extreme case, can you do a deal with you know the guards, for example, if you've got thousands of drones um, in the sky and if there is a high capacity network beneath you?
3: Yeah, no, you could. I mean, there's, I mean, what well, we are, are you know, our core at the core of our technology, there's a, there's a, an aircraft <laughs> that can fly, you know, in a flight path, a pretty capable machine that is safe to fly anywhere you want in over populated areas. It's an mm-hmm. aviation-grade drone, right? So you could use that. We're using it for obviously food delivery, but yeah, mm-hmm. of course, you know, I like to think of less less about surveillance. I think about more about. Um, you know, fires or emergencies or, or really, you know, societally beneficial use cases that, well, that we could be applied to.
2: Yeah, no, I, I take your point. And on the ethical point, I mean, I, I'm not suggesting that anyone wants blanket surveillance. I've been writing a lot, for example, about the ethical quandary that we're in about things like Amazon Ring doorbells. But if it's legal surveillance, yeah. you know, if if society arrives at a consensus, if, the, if it's OK, I was asking the Data Protection Commissioner Helen Dixon about this just this week. And there is yeah. a sort of a trade-off. But if there was some sort of a business model there, it'd be hard to resist for you, surely, would it?
3: Wouldn't it? Um no, it'd not be it's a it's an area for others, you know, and, and uh I think the ethical debate has to happen first. And I don't think that big tech or Government have done a particularly good job of bringing the population along. About You're the, the just positives. in a
2: do-no-evil stage of your startup, aren't you? That's what's going on here. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: yes, as the, as the executive carefully chooses his Give word. it five um, years, give it five no, years. See, the problem is we, we, we're going to be able to say that we have absolutely no knowledge of what's happening underneath mm. us other than where we're going. Sure. And, and we yeah. just think currently where things are with technology, that's a safe place to be. Mm. Um, you sure. know, so we're not the palantir.
2: Uh, nice Lord of the Rings uh, reference there. And Nile. bring you in, uh, co-founder of AI. One of the things I mentioned there was augmented reality. I referenced the iPhone and Apple. Um, Tim Cook was here three weeks ago. Naturally enough, we got the exclusive interview. But anyway, one of the things we were talking about was um, about AR. and Apple do seem to be committed to AR now for the long term. They, they've, they've really doubled down on it. I think maybe they might do something in September around AR and I think they might marry, try and marry that with 5G. What? So would is is it possible that AR might be a killer app to use an old cliche for 5G?
1: Yeah, like, um, and thanks for having me as well. Uh, I will talk a little bit about AR and then I'll try and bridge across to VR mm. because that's really where our area of expertise is. We have done a lot of AR in the past, but um, generally at the moment we're focused more on VR and that's where we're looking at 5G. But... Mm. But for AOR, like where I, when we were doing AOR projects, generally one of the challenges you come up against is the, cap- the capability of the phone to render the images. Mm. So you're kind of limited to, without getting too technical on 3D modeling, the amount of polygons you can have on the device. Right. Um, so where we see a really interesting use case in AOR, like you've identified, is is with that 5G ability to cloud render your, your imagery and then have like a low latency connection. So it's not necessarily about huge bandwidth, but it's mm. about the latency so that like for a a good AR application or a good VR application, you want to be rendering at least 90 frames a second. Yeah. And that's quite a lot of data Mm. to be throughputting, maybe not in terms of like overall bit rate, but just the speed that you want that up and down at because... Like in AOR, it's not as noticeable, but in VR, if it, if you drop below that, or if there's an offset at all, you really that's where you know this VR sickness idea
2: comes from. That's a similar point that uh, David Maloney of Movidius made before. They were bought for gazillions uh, by uh, Intel. He was making the point that some of their technology went into some of the DJI drones, and I think it was the Spark was the first drone that their technology went into, and he was making the point that. Uh, what was interesting about that was the amount of computing power on the uh, drone itself, and he was making exactly that point about uh, latency being uh, the interesting. But from a VR perspective, then, how would VR would five G make any uh, difference to you?
1: Yeah, so maybe it's worth talking a little bit about the product that we have developed, and then I'll maybe talk about how five G affects mm-hmm. it. But um, so in general, like we call ourselves a VR training company, but. In reality, like a lot of technologies, it's made up of a bunch of different technologies. So, so while it's VR, it's how we're presenting the data to the people, really we're capturing data as well. Of So, from a training perspective, we can capture what people are doing, mm. again, 90 frames a second, um, and feed that back into their training. So, like, and then start to generate insights insights on that. So, that involves cloud computing, it involves machine learning. Um, and the next sort of phase of data capture that we're looking at is, again, IoT sensors. Mm. So, sensors that you wear in your body. And I guess what, and that gives us then a sense of how someone is feeling when they're, you know, participating in these like stressful situations is what we train people for. Um, and again, that's down to sort of, like Con was saying, a multiple IoT device scenario. So like you're you're connecting multiple devices to a network and uploading and downloading the data. So again, it's not necessarily about a huge volume of data going up, but it's a huge volume of devices. And that's kind of where we see the the benefit of 5G. So if I, like, I guess 5G wouldn't be a core technology for us, but we see it as a sort of a, a key component that'll let us enhance the service that we can offer.
2: So let's say I'm Fitbit crazy or Garmin crazy. I mean, one picture you're painting there is of my future training uh, suit going for a run with a hundred sensors, like Benedict Cumberbatch from uh, The Hobbit, where he was Smaug, you know, doing going for a jog through the Phoenix Park. But there's the 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 network can take that capacity, can take that bandwidth if my other half wants to see exactly, or my doctor, for example, yeah. if there's in future there's some sort of you know, cloud-based health system that's much more immediate than, than what we have that can flag um, things about you very, very quickly. Maybe not for everyone, maybe for people who have a condition, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's a potential...
1: Yeah, for sure, and, and I guess maybe you're talking more in a sort of B2C environment, so a mm-hmm. consumer end use case. I guess our expertise is more probably B2B, so how can we train... You know, someone for never get
2: tired of using, a certain B to B. Oh, like <laughs> tell me about it. Like. One of my journalistic colleagues, uh, John Kennedy, who went to work for Bank of Ireland uh, uh, the, the three years ago, he actually used to edit a magazine called B 2 B. And I remember having a conversation. John, is this not the low point of our careers? You know.
1: <laughs> well, so I have a better one for you, which was B to B to C was one that we came Ooh, up with. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> even better. That's even <laughs> so, better.
0: Um, yeah, but, Adrian... And, uh, so Go on. a couple of comments there yeah, on, on that so what's, what's very interesting is that um, 5G there's a lot of focus on the radio interface because mm. that's kind of what's come first etc but actually it's, it's a whole architecture and uh, it'll often come in layers the, the, the functionality but um, say yeah, a service um, that say Bobby is, is developing was applicable to 5G and uh, we've done some testing in Ireland around that Around because a drone actually moving through a, a radio environment moves different to a human moving to a radio environment and the interference patterns that are there uh, can provide a fingerprint and also provide an opportunity for um, optimization and that type of thing. And we've mm. actually done some of that in Ireland. It's that for one of the operators here who are trying to find a business entry point, if you like, into this industry, if you like, and maybe to facilitate. To the drone one. industry. Yeah. Yeah. That type of thing. So uh, to provide a service to do that. But then 5G in itself is, is designed so that you can slice off Mm. Slices effectively of the network to provide a network within a network, which is exactly what you talked about earlier about the efficiencies of uh, maybe combining it with um, a critical network, etc. So, I mean, the the blue light services that have their own network, it proves very inefficient because it's 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 trying to do something with a very low number of users, so it's extremely expensive. But if you could put that network within the public network, which itself is has its own drivers for resilience and coverage, etc., mm. etc., and then but then have it on demand and for critical services. When required, um, and a mechanism within the network to do that, you have a slice effectively. Okay, mm. and then you can, if you follow that, that that thought process on, then say, say, Bobby wanted to wanted to launch a service and wanted to have a slice of the network that provided very low latency, very critical reliability, etc., or even Nile service, etc. You know, and the, then it could be a case of that the operator then would would play a part where they would provide that type of slice, which mm. might be say low latency for Nile, but might be a high resilient coverage for Bobby. That right. type of thing. So the slices then becomes very interesting in terms of the slices for the for enterprises or for businesses, So you can
2: do that effectively. Mm. You can charge and create business products based on you know data volume, latency, bandwidth, number exactly. of devices. Attributes, attributes. So you yeah. can you can do that for five G in a yeah. way you can't do for four G.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And and, the, and and even the orchestration of it is far more dynamic mm. because the levers are built in. You're not trying to kind of hack them through, etc. You know, because four G and three G, four G was addressing different things. So, I mean, at the moment, we, ju- we just actually released a video there, one of the um, partners who work with Audi, probably know them, a car dealer. So their factories are very highly automated, and they're, they're working towards this wireless factory attribute. And uh, we've just re- released a video showing um, how the, the robots obviously need very low latency if they're to operate safely around humans. So they have some of these industry standards um, to, to meet, if you like, to, to to be certified, if you like, in that space. And we, we've just released um, a video showing the, the reaction time of the robot to, say, a Human coming within a certain area of it, yeah. of, of uh, sub sub uh, 2.85 milliseconds. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay, which is which is way down, you know, and and that's just built into the technology. Obviously, the chipset, device, etc., all have to line up for that all to happen. But it's since everybody's working towards the same 3GPP global standard, if you like, then everybody is kind of
2: lined up from the start mm-hmm. to reach that goal. Uh, let me just ask you, actually, sure. seeing as you're here, um Ericsson has actually done pretty well in Ireland. You're Basically, the at the core of the three networks, which will be rolling out five G, two of them have already mm-hmm. rolled out five G. One of them, three, has not yet rolled it out. But Ericsson is the core for for all three of those. A um, Pl- player, I'd say it, it's it's core a complex place. But yeah, right, yes, right, yeah. right. But um, what I was going to ask is, you've you've benefited quite well. I, have you benefited from the whole Huawei uh, controversy? Um,
0: well. I'll, I'll step back slightly and say I mean we, we, we've been in Ireland f- since 57 yeah. so we've been in Ireland for a long time and uh, obviously we have a huge design house down at Lone, at Lone yeah. for,
2: for a long long time as well my wife's sister worked started her career there yeah. great, great and, so it was a uh, very hope interesting she remembers place us well. to
0: work
2: <laughs> yeah, well, she, loved, she loved it she loved it
0: well, well actually the biggest surprise I used to get when I used to go down there because I've been in Dublin all my life really uh, is that the, the, their scones were always bigger and I could never figure out why <laughs> they can't see, they always had three you could always slice them into three whereas in Dublin it could only to too but anyway maybe they, she they said there was one of the most
2: interesting cultural impacts uh, she would have worked there in the early 90s mm-hmm. and she would have been working with um, you know europeans asians a lot of you know it's still the same you've got right. over
0: 100 i think nationalities represented down mm-hmm. there on their tech day and it's it's phenomenal buzz
2: down there and anyway back to Huawei
0: <laughs> yeah okay no problem sorry <laughs> yeah so um so yeah so have we benefited if you like from it um i, I think we're we're in the space where we feel we're leading five G, where we're providing product to our customers, they make a selection based on a public procurement process. You know, I'll I don't you, want to quote the line too the much, but that's the, the way Americans it goes, love you. Know?
2: I had a briefing with a senior White House official, and I mean a senior White House official this week who was in Dublin to hold bilateral discussions with senior Irish authorities. Mm. And I asked him, had um, there was this report that I think the Attorney General in the US, uh, William Barr, had suggested uh, the US actually taking a stake in Ericsson. And I asked him about this, he said, yeah, we're we're not going to do that, he basically said. But he said they absolutely considered it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that might have been a different conversation to be having if the Americans uh, um, owned um, a, a part of the network. might Mightn't have been as smooth then in other European... Um, countries, mm. but um, anyway. So what you're doing? T- are well, very t- t- I
0: mean, there's, a, there's lots of there's a lot of different things happen outside mm. the, the technical domain. You know, yeah. we focus on the technical domain. I focus on the technical right. domain, and we, we 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 just go go with that. And I mean, we we were first to launch five G in Ireland, so we're quite proud of that. Mm. That was with uh,
2: Vodafone in was it September?
0: Yeah. September down, down and then yeah.
2: Air launched in I think November October mm-hmm. November no October but I think Air has is the biggest at the moment yeah, well they launched very quiet uh, I, I think But uh, Air's, uh, Air's 5G launch was unbelievably quiet and they had three mm-hmm. massive launches in that one week mm-hmm. and I was at two of them they would one for GOMO which has been you know mm-hmm. uh, kind of a big deal another one for TV mm-hmm. and then nothing for the 5G yeah, I think they just took a
0: different approach. Perhaps I, I yeah. didn't hear the detail out. But we, again, chairman we're, of we're in, we're in, the core was there, in so.
2: town at the time and mm. attended attended the thing. And I asked uh, the the um, the RCO, was it having to do with the fact that you didn't have a big launch? And mm-hmm. she said, no, 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 it was nothing to do with that. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, okay. um, it was it was interesting. But anyway, um, so you're very diplomatically saying you're focused on the on the technology. Your technology is the best. Yeah. Well,
0: we we, we launched first in Ireland. We're we're across four continents. We have about 80-plus contracts at the moment for 5g mm. signed contracts uh we've got 40 live markets at least you know so uh and it's 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 out there we're moving it's 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 mm. you know it's it's very active and we just we're, we're drawn by our customers we try to give them the best we can mm. uh we have the highest patent uh, contribution to the uh, it's kind of a, a title called useful patent contribution mm. to the 3gpp standards and uh, yeah we're, we're a big advocate of 5g at the moment yeah. um
2: just before i go back to you bobby 6g i know we're supposed to yes <laughs> thanks thanks adrian yes uh, 6g <laughs> yeah. are, are there any are the are the seeds of 6g being sown yet uh
0: of course i mean look if if, if everybody's talking 5g then some people always want to talk mm. 6g it's always about the next big thing i would say from following it, i've been in erics a long time and i've been in the mobile industry a long time um and it's always the case in in, the, in many things road building car building whatever you come to a point where you say do you know what if I could see into the future and I could do this again, I'd probably do this a slightly different way, mm. or I'd probably address this more, or I'd put money into more money into this. So, you know, six uh, G—that's the way I kind of look at it. Like, uh,
2: did mine yeah. kind of boggle six G because you guys, I know, did a test the other week where you hit four point three gigabytes, four thousand three hundred megabits per second. It was a closed mm. test yes. over over five G. I just can't even imagine I'm sure Bobby might tell me of some use that he that you could imagine for four point three gigs sure. per second but over mobile it's hard for me to 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 imagine that um,
0: well just. Two quick things on that. One is that again back to the, the reason why they can do that is because they're they're aggregating with four. I know it was eight carat, it's eight different factions. In there's a plan there to, to work with the with the fourth 4G technology, etc. So they divine 5G not just to be its own technology, but mm. also to, to work with other technologies. So they can they can combine them higher frequencies, bandwidth of spectrum, etc. etc. to get this speed up. Okay? Yep. So that so, so it's a well thought out sort of uh, sort of way to get to maximum speeds if you want to. Now it's it's a headline grabber, and that's nice to say what the State of the art is and we're, we're proud to have done it uh, I think with, with MWC coming up we were supposed around that time um, were, you, were, you, were you due to go? Yes
2: yeah. So was I yes. I would have gone
0: Yeah, sure. I, I would have I met you <laughs> <laughs> There were still actually
2: a couple of companies sending uh, press releases and calls saying can you come anyway even when it was cancelled because you know we've got <laughs> okay. some I'm you know, like, uh, I'm not so sure um, Bobby I just want to come back to you yeah. Bobby, can you give us an update on what's happening with Mana Era at the moment
3: yeah I mean, we're uh, all systems go. We're going to be going live next month in Dublin. and um, and right now, our team, I've getting updates from them as'm i on this call. They're uh, in Wales doing test flights in fifty kilometer an hour winds, latching rain. Mm. And uh, that's the mode the mode we're in now is just uh, everything lined up. We will be live next uh, next month, and people will be able to come and and order their. Uh, their chicken chow mein or wherever it is and and see it uh, so that'll, by drone that'll be a beta test but open to the public is it Yeah, no, it's open to the public, yeah. So we're going to open it up to about 30,000 people. Mm -hmm. And uh, that will, you know, and and pretty much everyone, what we expect to happen is there'll be too much demand, so we'll have to restrict it in some way. Mm. But that anyone who wants to see it happening without necessarily ordering can just come along and and see it. You know, it'll be in a public place, so everyone will be able to come kick the tires, enjoy the experience.
2: And the, because it's Flipdish, you have a partnership with, right?
3: no we've we've multiple actually we haven't we haven't announced um i know something cat got out of the bag a little bit last week in the Camille thai is is one of our long oh, yeah, partners yeah, on the yeah. food side mm-hmm. and and uh, we will formally announce the, the the partners actually next tuesday and so so we will we'll be going live with one of the major online food players that everybody mm. knows okay. and,
2: and and yeah. that online major food player when you log on to their app you presumably then will have the option to take your delivery by drone is that is that how it'll work
3: exactly yeah, yeah. you'll open the app and you, you'll see in this case Camille Thai, and said, mm-hmm. would you like that by drone mm-hmm. and uh, if you order by drone it'll arrive in less than three minutes
2: and you were very mysterious the last time we talked about where where this was going to be you said you dublin <laughs> thirty thousand people so you know i i'm <laughs> a north side of dublin am i anywhere close
3: i'm in dublin nine uh, no I'm not so it's it's South Dublin that's all I can say South, south Dublin, Dublin I knew supper. it I knew it I <laughs> yeah, knew it had to yeah, be the South well, Side we wouldn't, we wouldn't we wouldn't risk the North Side oh. for the place, you know, <laughs> blocked and reported blocked and reported there I said it yeah, I said it I know. Um, okay. but it is it is the South Side where you know people just you know <laughs> oh better type of person <laughs> really, yeah know. well we'll, we'll see we'll, we <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's no way that's going to come back and haunt you um, <laughs> Niall just for a civilised uh, um yeah. uh, Civilized yeah. bit here. I'm also uh, on
1: the north side, by the way.
2: What? I'm also uh, on the north man, side. Good man, good man. Con? Lost my audience. Con? No, sorry, I'm Goatstown, so. Oh, for God's sake. Good, good man, man. <laughs> Well. Okay, um, quick, uh, Niall, uh, just, just come back very briefly to, to VR. What is happening with VR? What, VR was supposed to be the big thing. I was there when Mark Zuckerberg had us all look into the, uh, the, the Oculus sets, and um, it hasn't really kicked on. I'm
1: going to use your favourite oh, phrase again, Adrian, which is B2B. Um, so yeah. <laughs> it hasn't kicked. Well, so I would argue actually, this Christmas I've seen it really pick up from a consumer perspective. So mm. Oculus, for example, couldn't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What What do you have, um, Bobby? Oculus. Oculus Quest.
3: Okay. Oculus Quest. And when you say you love it, when you say you yeah. love it, how often do you use it? Oh, frequently, multiple times a week, and okay. uh, and the big kicker for me is that. Yeah, you know, I have a lot of friends that wouldn't be uh, the the smartest with tech in any way, mm. and they're fully into it now as well, buying them for their own. And they would never be video gamers at all. It, it's much more than video games; it's a full experience. So I mean, I actually think it might change things.
2: It, it, when I first had a really proper go um it was actually palmer lucky himself he was over here for the web summit four years ago uh in the rds in his flip-flops and his shorts before he got into trouble for his right-wing propaganda um and he gave me a demo of it and i have to say it it did it blew my socks off it was absolutely unbelievable and i started writing columns about how you know if done correctly this is going to be absolutely the next big thing i can see what zuckerberg's talking about etc and you know, it hasn't—it hasn't totally flopped, but I just don't see it hasn't really caught on. In it hasn't caught the public imagination in the way that I thought it would. Uh, m- maybe that's unfair on the technology, but
3: I mean, am i being games over. Aren't. games aren't there yet. Once mm-hmm. they once they release Super Mario, that'll change maybe okay so
1: i'll say two things on that as well and so i think the game is an interesting one because i think it's really only starting to find its language now Mm. so like we talk a lot a lot about so my background is film and the difference in the language between film and vr is significant so even filmmaking in vr versus filmmaking in a traditional medium Mm. but the language for games is the same and you're finding like whether they're sort of derivative or not but games like beat saber really work very effectively in vr Mm. and as more of those type of games come out, the language of the game in VR is developing. So I think, as with any new medium, it takes a while for the language to properly develop. Mm. Um, And then just on the Quest, like what I was starting to say there is that Oculus can't keep up with production. So we, for a client, have ordered headsets from them in December, and Mm. we're still waiting for delivery. Uh-huh. So they're like they're backordered by three months, and I think the coronavirus probably isn't helping them in terms of um, actual manufacturing. Do
2: you think that's going to be an excuse for everything? I, now I think it probably <laughs> is. Now, <So, laughs> Apple, yeah, Apple have, given us that excuse, have uh, Apple and Foxconn have put out their warnings, uh, and you can understand that because Foxconn is a massive factory. Apple has most of its production done in China, um, but I'm hearing of some very tangential excuses being used, mm-hmm. being blamed on the coronavirus. Um, you know things that and it seems to be sort of a semi plausible uh excuse like people who won't travel you know from London to Dublin because of the coronavirus you know it's a yeah. bit sort of <laughs> it's a bit it's a
0: bit but i have to say uh, i had the, the pleasure of coming down from sweden recently and i i was in the airport just beside the um the transit lane if you like or the tunnel and uh, mm. there was a lot of people going by me with a lot of masks on mm. and it, it, it does it does it make has, you pause it has a
2: psychological yeah it, I was oh, in for London for sure, the other
0: sure. day and, and, and apparently it might thing. not do much good much good actually yeah. in terms of protecting you but mm. you do kind of sit there looking at your laptop looking up looking down looking up and you find yourself looking up a lot more when the people are walking yeah, and by. then you
2: then the next thing mm. you think of is am I being an idiot am I am I <laughs> yes, exp- yes. Like, are these guys being smart yeah. am I being a dope I'll make the news for the wrong reasons <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. I don't know um, listen, guys, I, I really appreciate you all uh, coming on this podcast today. Uh, that's probably all we have time for. Um, I hope you you all would. Uh uh, visit us again sometime soon. But so I'll, I'll just say again, thanks to Con Kennedy, Chief Technical, Technical Officer of Ericsson Ireland, Niall Campion, Co-founder of V and of course Bobby Healy, Founder, Co-founder, No, Founder of Mana Aero. And I'm looking forward, uh, Bobby, next week to the uh, uh, more details on that launch. But for me, yeah. Adrian, for me, Adrian Weckler, the Tech Editor of the Irish and Sonic Independent. Thanks a million for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, thanks Adrian. The Big Tech Podcast in association with Vodafone Business. Transforming your network infrastructure with Vodafone SD-WAN.